Thanks, worship team, for leading us. Good morning, Chapel family. How's everybody doing this morning? You're alive, you're moving, it's cold out, but you're here, it's warm in here, and uh, the fellowship is even warmer. It's so good to see everyone gathered and worshiping together. Uh, I'm thinking about some words uh, that the Apostle Paul shared with his young protege named Timothy. The words are found in uh, this book titled Timothy, chapter 4, verse 8. Here's what Paul said to him. He said, physical training is good. But training for godliness, he said, is much better, promising benefits for this life and the life to come. Now, right away in this brief verse, we see a, a tension because Paul is saying that there's two parts of us that, that are very important that we need to care for and tend to. And he says physical training is one part of that. And he says it's good. And, and most of us would agree with that, right? I mean, it's good to try to, yeah, take care of ourselves and, and uh, eat a little better and, and exercise. Uh, physical training is good. But he says that there's something that's even more important in this passage. He says training for godliness is even better. And why? He says that it holds out a promise that benefits both this life and the life to come. That there's something about the spiritual part of who we are that needs tending to and cared for just as much, if not more, than even our physical bodies. And so what does it look like to train for godliness? That's part of the reason why we're launching into this brand new message series called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Prayer and fasting are ways that we can train for godliness, that we can grow in our spiritual journey and see God at work. In fact, when you leave today, you're all going to receive a 21-day prayer guide. And I'm thinking, man, how cool would it be if on a daily basis, our whole chapel family, we were praying about the same exact things every single day, uniting us, praying and fasting. And we're, we're going to talk about that in just a little while. In that prayer guide, what you're going to find are some focuses for each day. And day one starts tomorrow. So it all starts tomorrow. Uh, the first five days, are, we're going to focus on our five core values that we carry here as a church. To depend on God, to love people, to be authentic, to stay real. Wow. To live generously. And there's, there's verses each day that you can look at. And we're even going to provide you with some some kind of thoughtful questions and prayer prompts to, to get you going, no matter what, where you're at in your spiritual journey or whether you have a regular daily chair time with God or not, we're, we're challenging all of us to take these next 21 days and to be focused on prayer and to be focused on fasting. Day 6 through 11, we'll focus on the, the six core roots that we've outlined over the last six weeks of our Chapel 2023 vision, where we want to go as a church over these next three years, praying that God will help us fulfill these things, build a culture, a family, become more like Christ, engage our neighborhoods, gain financial wisdom, all of these things. And then the last days, 12 through 21, we as a church, wherever you're at, in the morning, at nighttime, at lunch break, taking time to pray about these key things that we want to be 
part of our life, that, that we would live in confident hope, that we'd have growing faith, that we'd be in committed relationships, that we'd have gritty perseverance, all key things that will help us dive deep into the faith that Jesus is calling us into. Wow, what a cool thing. I hope that you're going to join us. I hope that in some way you will participate, that you'll take that guide and daily you'll pray. But like I said, this, this series is all about both prayer and fasting. And we wanted to take some time this weekend to specifically look at what God's Word has to say and what Jesus specifically had to say about the concept of fasting. And for some of us, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's a concept that's kind of out there. Maybe we didn't grow up in a church heritage where fasting was a regular thing. You know, this past weekend, many churches began the season of Lent, and for 40 days, people are giving up something. And maybe for some of us, that's all we think of when we think of fasting. It's like giving up food, but it can be more than that. It can be anything. In fact, if I were to define fasting for us, I think we could put it this way, that fasting is giving up a need in order to embrace our greatest need. Giving up a need in our life, whatever that need might be. It might be food, yes, or it might be social media. Uh, whatever it is, giving up a need in order to embrace our greatest need. Time with Jesus, drawing close to him. Throughout the pages of scripture, we find fasting prevalent and, and fasting for different reasons, for different periods of time, but always Drawing people closer to God and then God being able to move in powerful ways. And that's what we want for your life, my life. That's what we want for the life of our church. Here's Jesus' teaching found in Matthew chapter 6. Now let me just set the context before you look at the, these specific verses. Because this is in the midst of the great Sermon on the Mount. Probably the most important, most powerful sermon that Jesus ever preached. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is really laying out what it looks like to live as a member of God's kingdom in the here and now. And so he takes time in different areas of life to identify what it looks like to, to, to live as a member of God's kingdom. And he contrasts that with the way that the rest of the world may be living in that specific category. And in this passage, he directly addresses, actually in chapter 6, he addresses um, three different righteous acts, giving, praying, and fasting. And what we'll see is that all three of those have more to do with the heart than anything else. And that's what Jesus is going to say. This is Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 16. Jesus said, And when you fast... Don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so that people will admire them for their fasting. He says, I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. But when you fast, he says, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So Jesus has some guidance for us, and he wanted to both call out those that were fasting and praying for the wrong reasons with the wrong kind of motivation, and he also wants to give some guidance on how to do it the right way, the God-honoring way. And he begins with this short little phrase, he says, and when you fast. In fact, two times in these just two verses, Jesus says, when you fast. It's interesting that he doesn't say 
if you fast. He's just assuming that this will be part of following Jesus. I read those verses and I, I need that challenge. I don't know about you. I didn't grow up fasting. Um, and the only thing I knew about fasting was giving up food. Now you've got intermittent fasting. And so it's just all about the, the physical body, right? And remember, physical training is of some value. So there's nothing wrong with that. But remember what Paul said to Timothy, godliness has value for all things. So there's another kind of fasting, of giving up a need to embrace our greatest need. And Jesus says, hey, and when you fast, because this ought to be a part of our lives, here's how not to do it. And he goes on. He says, and when you fast, he says, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so that, look at this, so that people will admire them for their fasting. There were a bunch of religious people in that day that were doing everything for show. They were looking for the applause of people. And you know, the reality is that can happen in all of our lives. All of us know times when we've done a good deed, a good thing, and yet it was selfishly motivated, right? You know, maybe we, we just happened to mention, oh yeah, this guy, he really had some needs, you know, well, I helped him out. And deep down inside, I'm wanting to somebody to know that I did something for this person. Or the way that people would pray in that day became such a public spectacle. And what Jesus is getting at here, he's saying, listen, this is not about public displays. This is about private devotion. That fasting is not meant to be something for everybody to know about. He says, so don't be like the hypocrites. And he uses that word hypocrite. It, it literally means stage actor. See, Jesus knows our hearts. And we might have an Oscar award winning prayer performance or fasting experience. But if it's not with the right motivation, it doesn't mean anything to Jesus. It doesn't impress him in the least. Because Jesus is after our hearts. And that's why Jesus is teaching here about fasting. He doesn't want us to take something that's meant to be a beautiful, powerful devotion of our life and make it to be just some public thing that we do for attention or to make us look more Christian or holy. In fact, he goes on to say, I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. The, the hypocrites who, who do it to get noticed, who literally like mess up their hair and walk around be, being like, I wish I could eat, but you know, I'm fasting today. Jesus is saying, we've missed the point if that's how we're treating it, if that's how we're approaching it. In fact, he says the only reward you're going to get if we fast with that kind of motivation is that reward, which is just the applause or the notice of others. It'll be so temporary and so fleeting. Jesus is inviting us into a private devotion with him. And so he kind of flips things and that now gives some direction, some guidance on how to fast. And when we do fast, he says, here's what you should do. Instead of you know, messing up your hair and looking all hungry. He, he says, no, comb your hair, wash your face. 
comb your hair. Pastor Charles is struggling with this verse. I mean, he's having a hard time obeying God's word. Um, and some of you other gentlemen out there, I see you're, you're living with that same... No, you got it easy. You don't even have to worry about it, right? Now, what, what is Jesus saying here, though? He's saying, when we fast, take care of ourselves. Don't, don't, don't do it in order to be noticed by other people. In fact, look at what he says. He says, but when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. He says, then, then no one will notice that you are fasting. And yet he says, actually, it's not that no one will notice, it's that the one will notice. Look at what it says. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private. You know, there is a time to go out and to serve and to do things publicly, to shine our lights, to, to point other people to Jesus. But when it comes to prayer, and fasting, these are things that are meant to be between us and Jesus. That there should be a place in our private lives for both prayer and fasting. And it's not about impressing other people, and it's not about impressing God either. But what it says here, Jesus says, I want you to know your Father will notice it. He'll see it. He knows your heart. He knows what you're praying about. He knows what you're fasting and giving up in order to draw close to him and find in him everything that you ultimately need. And he says, when that happens, your father who sees everything, he will reward you. There is a reward. The reward may or may not be the thing that we're praying or fasting about, but what if the reward is actually God himself? I don't know about you guys, but life gets busy, doesn't it? I mean, we just get running from here to everywhere. There's so many things to take care of, and good things. But sometimes we need to pull away, even from some of the good things, in order to embrace the most important thing to take care of our spiritual lives, to go to Jesus. Here's what a few other authors had to say about uh, fasting. One, one person, Brett Landry, says, Fasting is a way to take our eyes off the things of this world in order to focus completely on God. Right? To take our eyes off some of the things that we're always chasing after and to focus completely on Him. Uh, Richard Foster great book on the spiritual discipline says fasting reveals the things that control us you see you can fast from anything and in fact we ought to fast from something that often we go to and we all have our go-to's don't we for some it is food like oh my gosh i remember there was a season in my life um, where i was like stressed and overwhelmed and full of anxiety and i didn't eat and i got super skinny and then something happened and now that's just my go-to like now I get stress and anxiety, and I just want a tub of ice cream, like, you know? And it can be anything that we go to. For some of us, we go to social media. For some of us, we go to drinking. For some of us, we go to... What is it that we're growing in dependence on that is not meant to truly fulfill us? 
That's what Richard Foster's talking about. I love what Lisa Turquist says. She says, when we're stuffed with other things, we never allow ourselves to be in a place of longing. You guys, if we never get to a place where we're needy and long, this is why I think Jesus said, blessed are the poor. Because they're so needy. And they got nobody to turn to but God himself. But so many times we're so filled up in our lives and we live in such a, you know, instant gratification culture and a fast food environment. Like, hey, if I'm hungry, boom, have that need met. Whatever it is, it, it, if, I, if, if I'm feeling lonely, boom, I'm on social media, I'll have that need met, right? Whatever it is. Brittany Wadsworth, who serves um, at the chapel at our Sandusky location in our chapel kids ministry, working with kindergarten through fifth grade, Brittany, over the last year, kind of went on a journey. And she, we were talking in a staff meeting, and this, it came up, and what she had to share, it was just so powerful. It's a little bit of her own personal struggle and then journey when it comes to fasting. So I want to just take a moment, turn our attention to the screen, and let's listen to a little bit of Brittany's story. Hi, my name is Brittany Wadsworth, and um, as we were approaching this um, prayer and fasting subject, Pastor Eric just asked me to share um, a recent story, um, a current struggle, um, and how fasting has played a role into that. About the end of 2019, I can clearly remember New Year's Eve and I just was kind of at the end of myself. Um, I frankly was just sick of me. I was sick of my body. I was sick of how I felt. And so I felt like um, word of the year, everybody having a word of the year was really trendy. And so I felt like going into January of 2020, um, I would find a word for myself. And so after just praying and, um, and just thinking about it, I felt like um, Jesus gave me the word abide. And so I began January of 2020, and that's what I did. I didn't make any changes um, with what I was struggling with. I, I just was abiding in Jesus. And so I would um, focus on my chair time every day. I just made it more consistent. Um, I just allowed myself to just really lean into him. And through that, um, I just really came to a realization that there was a part of my life that I hadn't really given over to him. And that was um, my food addiction. Um, I found myself filling my, my body and my emotions and my heart with food. And um, he really started to work on me. During um, just working and processing in my heart, um, my first thought was, okay, so I'll go on a diet and I'll work out and I'll lose the weight. And, um, and that's what Jesus wants for me. And I just felt like God was like, no, I just want you to abide. I just want, I want you to um, be filled with me. And so, um, as God would have it, I was in Hobby Lobby and I ran across this book called um, The 40 Day Sugar Fast. And what it was, was really a physical detox that creates spiritual transformation. And so I really felt at that point, um, God was asking me to fast. I had never really been in a deep state of um, dependence on God in that way. Um, I had learned that I fed my heart and my soul with food. <laughs> Um, my whole life and I had gotten it under control on and off again but really really taking care of the heart issue um, had just not happened in my life and so I surrendered um, sugar for um, for 40 days um, and what I found was that fasting from something um, in a tangible way it just really supercharged 
um, God to be able to almost use a scalpel in my heart in a way that he couldn't do otherwise. Addiction is real. Um, for me, it's food. It could be social media, it could be alcohol, it could be busyness. But for me, um, fasting from something that I was so depending on and just having to rely on God um, just emptied myself. And God was able to just work in me in a different way. So fasting has helped me to understand that he's enough. He's the only one that's gonna sustain me. And it's helped me to rely on him and need him in a different way than I ever have before. It's helped me to take my little literal hunger I'm hungry for food into a holy hunger. Um, I know that I cannot stay away from sugar and food without the dependence of him. I'm able to give him the glory for any victory that I have. Um, I have to rely on him entirely. It's been incredibly rewarding. Um, it's a journey that I'm continually on and I really believe it'll be something that I'll have to rely on God for the rest of my life. But what I found um, is that the reward of prayer and fasting. Sure, I've, I've lost a couple sizes, I've lost some weight, but that's not the reward. The reward for prayer and fasting is found in the prayer and fasting. I love that phrase, the, the reward of prayer and fasting is found in the prayer and fasting. It's something that, that Brittany discovered and wherever we're at in the journey of life and whatever our experience or lack of experience might be when it comes to this, this issue of fasting, I think Jesus is inviting us to just take a step. And for Brittany, it ended up being a 40-day sugar fast, and she's doing another one of those right now. I wasn't supposed to tell you, right? We're supposed to keep that private. But the point is, it, it may be something different for you. At its core... Fasting is giving up a need to embrace our greatest need. So I want to give us some next step questions to consider uh, with this subject matter. Because we don't want to just talk about something or learn about something, but not take a step of faith. So what would be some next steps? Step one, just ask yourself the question, well, what is it that has a controlling influence on my life? It could be anything. Again, for some, it might be food. For some, it might be social media. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe, it's, maybe it is sugar. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's Amazon shopping. Maybe it's watching sports. And like, it's just the go-to, and I find myself spending a lot of time there, whatever the, that thing is, and then decide to give that thing up for a time. And then ask yourself the question, how will I replace that need with my greatest need, Jesus. What will I do instead of that that will help draw me closer to God? I'm not just fasting from something, I'm fasting to something else. So maybe it means giving up Netflix and replacing that time with reading the Gospel of John. Or maybe it, it does mean giving up a meal and then using that time to read the Bible, uh, to recognize that God is my daily bread, that Jesus will fulfill me. Maybe it's giving up social media and replacing it by praying. Uh, here at the chapel, we call it my, my three. I have a few guys right now that I'm praying for in my life that I am longing to see them come to know Jesus in a real way. Like it could radically change their life for eternity. 
And what would happen if I gave up something in order to, and just use that time that usually I would be doing that something and just devoted it to praying uh, for other people? And then just take uh, and choose a length of time to fast. We don't want to get legalistic about this. We're doing 21 days of fasting and prayer, but whatever that looks like to you during that 21 days is up to you and God. If, if you haven't fasted much, maybe it's just starting out very small. Maybe it's a, a few hours total, or maybe it's a few hours up to a whole day, or maybe it's a certain time of day giving up something. Um, whatever that might look like. For me, I, I'm addicted to social media. And, and some people will say, well, social media can be dangerous because, you know, you watch it and then you, you get depressed about it or you get anxious about it because you see all this stuff. Honestly, that's not how it affects me. You know how it affects me? In no way at all. For me, it's just a mindless activity. And I just, wanna, I just, I just need to escape. I don't want to think about a bunch of things. I just want to mindlessly, oh, what, what's, what's going on with them? What, what's their life? Oh, look at that picture. Oh, who? Who's, who, what are they doing now? But that mindless activity, while it's not bad or evil in and of itself, many times it robs me of my greatest needs. It robs, it robs my family of time that I could be more focused on them. It robs me of time with Jesus. For me, my during this next 21 days, I'm giving up social media in the evening hours and I'm going to use that time to read, to either read God's word, spend time with my family and pay attention to them, or to read a book. I, I am a struggling reader. I envy readers. Like Joe Binkley's read like, I don't know, eight gazillion books in the last three weeks or something. I'm, no, that's an exaggeration, but I always envy people that just, they just love reading. And I can easily start to say, well, you know, I just don't have time. That's why I don't read. And yet, I've got time. <laughs> the question is, what are we going to use our time for? And so for me, I'm looking forward to this 21 days because I need to break that addiction of social media and just numbing out and give that time to growing in my faith by reading books and God's truth that will help me draw closer to Him. I don't know what it is for you, but I bet even as we've been talking, even as, as we've put some things up on the screen, I bet some, there's been something that you're like, oh yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is for me. And I think about Jesus. What did he give up? He gave up everything. meet our greatest need. So what can't I give up for his sake to find in him everything that I need? I hope that you guys are going to join us on this journey over these next 21 days. When you leave today, you're going to, um, our greeting team, they'll come by, they'll dismiss you row by row, but they're, they're going to offer you the 21-day prayer guide. And I hope you'll take one or a couple of them. And that day by day, we'll be praying on the same page together. And that God will lead all of us to fast from something in order to grab hold of something much more important. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for your clear teaching on this subject of fasting. Forgive me for not making it a 
a more of a pattern in my life. And God, I pray that you would challenge all of us to take a step and to give something up. And in that giving up, we, you would create a holy hunger in us. And we would meet you and experience you in new ways. That you, This would lead to great breakthrough in our own individual lives and in the life of our church, Jesus. Thank you that you invite us into this. May it not be about what everybody else sees, but what you see us doing in secret. And Jesus, you promise you will reward us. In Christ's name we pray together. Amen. Hey, our team is going to dismiss you row by row. Grab a 21-day prayer guide, and we will see you guys next week.